Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to The Art of Being You. I hope you are navigating this unprecedented season of life with at least a little bit of ease. I know we're kind of at the point where it's like, what is going on? You know, finding new rhythms of normal and trying to discover new patterns to live. Listen, I have to tell you, we are not an eat at home kind of family. I mean, we do bring takeout home quite a bit, but I'm not a cook person. I don't really enjoy cooking. Um, I find it incredibly stressful personally. And so this season of life has really, really challenged our family in that way. And in some ways, I'm loving some of the opportunities that it's presenting, but in others, ugh, No, I'm just not. And I know I'm not alone in that. So, you know, what's on my heart for us to talk about today is a topic that's a little bit interesting in the context of where I'm going to apply it to. But we're actually going to talk about grief. We're going to talk about how to grieve well, but I need to do a disclaimer before we dive all the way in because I am not a grief expert. In fact, I've had very few loved ones close to me pass away. I've dealt with a lot of grief in a lot of different categories, except for something like a mother, spouse, you know, person, best friend that has passed away. So I just want to say I'm not speaking from an authoritative place um, to those areas at all, but I do feel feel like there's something that's happening, especially as a nation through this coronavirus pandemic, that is a grieving thing. And if you're a church going person, I think there's grief happening in a lot of different ways. And the challenge that we have is that we need to address it so that we can move forward through it. I was watching a TV show with my kids the other day and, you know, the the wise old person in the show, the wise sage character said to the young up and coming person talking about the pain in their life. And he said this thing and I actually wrote it down in my phone because it struck me. And this was the quote. He said, the pain is not what's going to destroy you. It's what links you'll go to to avoid it. What is he saying? It's not the pain itself that will take you down in life. It's the lengths that we go to to avoid the pain that really becomes the biggest problem in our life. I'm an Enneagram 7, so that resonated with me, I mean, big time. I'm thinking, yes, I have gone to great lengths in my life to avoid pain, and it brought me to very, very painful places. His point in saying this to this young person was to say, that we have to learn to embrace the way that we feel so that we can yield it for our benefit. I remember having an encounter with the Lord several years ago and, you know, I was coming on the heels of this burnout that I I wrote about in my book and I've talked about extensively. And, um, I remember sitting with the Lord and just kind of just being in his presence. And he said, Rachel, I need you to take the pain of your life and wield it like a sword. 
And when I heard him say that, I saw myself, maybe my imagination or maybe God put the picture there, I'm not sure, but I saw myself taking all of these life experiences that were so hard and so challenging and and like was kind of like a transformer or that Power Ranger scene where they all click together kind of deal and they all coming together and forming this big sword that I could then wield against the enemy where the enemy wants to bring you down for everything that you've been through for the shame and the cycles of of you know remembering and the pain that comes from that where the enemy wants to use that against you this sword becomes a weapon where that cycle is broken and I I loved that thought I loved that picture but the reality is until we figure out what to do with our pain what to do with our grief, it really just kind of sits there. So let me give you one other quote that I really, really enjoyed. This came from a therapist and uh, he was talking about grief and especially talking about grief from the passing of a loved one. And he said, you know, the most important thing that you need to do is let grief have its way with you. And if you will yield to the process, it will have its way with you and then it will let you go. Oh, I just thought that was so profound on so many levels. I remember different seasons of my life where I was grieving our um, miscarriage. We had a son that passed away at 20 weeks in the womb. And, um, you know, in the grieving process of that, it's like it comes in these different waves. One person puts it this way, that grieving is not linear. It's almost like a series of circles. Imagine like a bullseye or something like that. And and it, it ripples throughout your life. There are five stages of grief that most counselors like to reference. And one of the things that's important before I list these off to you is to recognize that grief does not happen necessarily in an ABC manner. You will experience all five of these at a different pace and rhythm that is unique to you. Sometimes you'll experience them simultaneously. Sometimes they're one by one as if it is a stair-stepping stage. But here's why I bring this up. Because I believe we as a nation are grieving right now. I believe we are right in the middle of this cycle of grief. And if we can begin to see this, we can deal with our pain that much better. So here's the five stages and you may be familiar with this already, but uh, stage number one, step one is denial. This would be like refusing to believe what happened, right? It cannot be true. I love somebody put it this way with the coronavirus. It was like, these are the people who are saying, no, this is not a pandemic. This is not. And they're not saying that for any reason, except that they don't want to believe that our life is about to be thwarted by this giant disease. Now believe what you want. That's fine. I'm just trying to make a connection here that a a lot of us were struggling to embrace the changes that were coming strictly because we began to grieve and feel denial. The second stage of grief is what they call anger. This is when we want to blame everybody. It's this person's fault. It's this person's fault. If only these politicians had done this sooner, if these politicians hadn't have done that, and we begin to just blame everybody because we're angry that what we want isn't possible anymore what we want for our freedom, for our normalcy, for our, you know, normal rhythm of life, etc. The third stage is bargaining. Bargaining would be like trying to, you know, okay, fine, I'll do this, but you better do this kind of thing. Um, and then depression is stage number four. Depression is a very real thing with grief, and it's actually a normal thing as well. But, you know, it's this sort of sadness, this hopelessness, 
But then the fifth stage of grief is acceptance. It's making peace. Accepting is not that you are glad that it happened. It's not anything that has to do with that. It's really just legitimately accepting what is, embracing what is. I don't know if you guys are familiar. There's an old TV show. It's one of my personal favorite shows called Monk. And uh, it was a USA show. And I think you can still stream at different places. But basically, Monk was this super OCD detective. He was a brilliant detective. And then his wife was killed tragically. And it just ex- exploded into this you know, OCD thing with him. And uh, so he's this brilliant detective consultant. And oh my gosh, it's an amazing show. It was out for several seasons. I think seven plus seasons or something like that. Anyways, there's a scene in one of the episodes where Monk is grieving. And he goes through all five stages in about a 90 second time frame. And it is amazing. You should Google it and see if you can find a YouTube clip because it's truly hilarious. Anyways, the five stages, they can cycle through for you, right? You, you can go back through them multiple times. You can stay in one stage for a long period of time and then sort of breeze through the rest. I mean, it's really is unique to you, but here's why I bring it up. No doubt there is something in your life in the midst of this pandemic that you are grieving. And I want to give you permission to grieve whatever that is. Now that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be like, you know, Old Testament style sackcloths and ashes, ripping your burlap sack and, and weeping and wailing in the streets because your kids aren't at school anymore. But it is absolutely okay to experience a little bit of each of these five stages as you process what it looks like to work from home now, as you process what sacrifices you're having to make for the greater good, as you process your feelings about the government, as you process your feelings about the church, it's normal to be experiencing grief. But going back to the quote that I told you at the beginning, when we're not aware of the pain that we feel, we go to great lengths to try and avoid it. So my challenge to you is to embrace what's happening right now. I, I, I don't know, you know, maybe it is because I'm an Enneagram 7, I don't know. But like for me, I need to be reminded that this moment right now is life. You know, I, I get this very perfectionistic Uh, image in my mind. I get this goal oriented. Like I know this, you know, I want my life to look like this and we're going to do this. And I like to have it planned. Now I also like to plan it in pencil in case I want to change it, but I like to have it planned out. And so when something like this causes your life to come to a screeching halt, when you have no control over it, when you had no say in it, when it's just being imposed upon you, you have to find a way to embrace what's happening in this moment right now. I remember coming to terms with the fact that I was never going to be able to articulate how many kids I had without an internal battle inside of myself. This was about within a year after we lost our son in uh, 2013. And, you know, I remember thinking everyone around me has moved on. People don't remember. Maybe they remember it happened to me, but they don't remember or know how to interact with me about it. And then we moved cities. And so I remember just agonizing over when people ask me how many kids I have, what am I going to say? Am I going to say I have three, but I know I just lied to myself. Am I going to say I have four, but one's in heaven. And now I just made that conversation so awkward and every thought surrounding that. And one day I finally just had to be at peace with myself and say, you know what, Rachel, this is your life. It's not the life you chose. It's not the life you wanted, but it is the life you have. It is 
what's going on right now. I would say to you, friend, this situation that you're dealing with right now, it's not what you chose. Nobody picked this for you, but it is what's happening in this moment. So it does you no good to be in denial. It does you no good to try to find a way to blame somebody or to try to bargain your way out of it or even to just fall into a depression. It's time to just make peace with what is. Because I'm a perfectionist at heart and I I like to have this sort of ideal world fantasy that I like to create in my mind and then try to live out, these type of situations become really difficult. But if we will be disciplined to focus on the life that we have, then we actually get to enjoy the moment that we're in. It's like this. When we spend all of our time worrying and being frustrated or being afraid, then we miss the gifts that are hiding in this moment right now. If we will choose to embrace what is, then we can find what could be. We can find the silver lining. We can find the deeper things. But as long as we're wasting our energy on fear and worry or on anger or denial, etc., we can't find those things. So I know this might, for some of you guys, you might be thinking, wow, five stages of grief for what's happening in America right now might be a stretch. And I, okay, that's fine. You can agree to disagree. But what's in my heart is that I know a lot of us are having to make changes, especially with our faith, right? Especially learning to look at what does it look like to have a faith in this moment right now when I can't gather with believers, when I'm at home and maybe my spouse and I are not on the same page with our religious beliefs, when you're struggling to forge the the life that you have, the pattern of connection that you have with God. So that's a place of grieving. It's grieving what was, but I also would encourage you, there's something really beautiful behind that. Some of the best stories in life are the ones that just are, right? I mean, I could tell you stories that would make you laugh about ridiculous things that have happened to me and you couldn't make them planned, right? You can't dream them up. They just are because that's how life unfolded. I want to say to you that this season of life that we're going through as a nation and as a world absolutely can be filled with stories that you remember for the rest of your life. But it will require you paying attention and being present with where you are right now, embracing what is, rejecting what is no longer. I don't know about you, but like for me, you know, so so our um, spring break, one of the first episodes I recorded of this podcast last year was called Spring Break Breakdown, which was about our trip to Washington, D.C. that went haywire like you wouldn't believe. Go back and check it out if you're interested in some entertaining real life situation. So since March of last year, I had been planning a spring break trip that I knew would be a win so that we could replace those memories in my mind. Yes, I'm weird. I get it. And so we had planned this really short three-day Disney cruise followed by a couple days at the Disney World parks. And I have been looking forward to this since basically April of last year. And so we, you know, paid, put deposits down and started paying on it in September. I mean, it's been a long time coming. So anyways, we get to Florida and uh, that night that we arrived, we find out that Disney World is shutting down. 
and that there's only one final Disney cruise being sent out and it's the one we're going on and we're trying to decide should we get on the boat or should we not? And all I can think about was flashback to last year. Why is this happening to me again, right? This, and I just had to be embracing this is what it is. If I spend the three days, we, by the way, we did decide to get on the boat. I can tell you more about that later if you're interested. But I thought to myself, if I spend these three precious days worrying and being afraid of what's going on in the world, I'm going to miss the moment that we're in. I'm so glad that I was able to separate the heaviness and choose joy in the day because it helped me be able to process what was going on. So we ended up cutting our sh- our trip really short. We came home a day after we got off the boat and, uh, you know, chalked that one up to another spring break. I am currently not planning on a spring break 2021 just in case this is turning into a habit. But what I say this about is because we weren't able to use our Disney World Park tickets, which means we have to go back at some point within the year to use those tickets before the money is wasted. And so the reality is there's a place in my heart where I'm actually grieving a missed opportunity to make memories with my kids. Is this the epitome of a first world problem? Yeah, 100%. But it's still real. So I could tell myself all day long, don't think about it like that, you know, let it go. It's not a big deal because it's not in the big picture of what's happening in the globe. It's not. But if I'm being honest with myself and where I'm going with this is that you should do this too. There's a grief involved in missed opportunities. There's a grief involved when things get delayed, when our plans go awry. In fact, we had a lot of travel planned for this season right now that all of it's been canceled and there's some grieving in that. Why is that important to notice and embrace? Because the sooner I let grief have its way with me, the sooner it leaves me alone. So as long as I'm avoiding it and and ignoring it, the more suppressed it becomes and the harder it is Um, to manage in the long run, the more I do to distract myself from the pain and you do too. So the quicker you can embrace it, the quicker it will leave. I just want to encourage you, you know, if you're grieving being a parent of a homeschool kid now, maybe you're grieving, maybe you're extroverted and you're grieving just being in the office environment with your coworkers. Maybe you're a pastor like me and you're grieving how to have um, church, right? You're grieving the process of church and feeling disconnected from people at times. There's a lot of emotion happening right now. And this podcast is all about giving you permission. This episode is all about giving you permission to be right where you are, to embrace where you are, so that you can move forward. Don't be in denial, friends. And don't be in anger either, right? Because that doesn't help anybody. We're all struggling and we're all struggling in this together. So it's not like you needed to be reminded of that. I mean, it's everywhere. It's on all social media. But I just thought it would be worth taking some time to explore what's going on inside of you. So here's my questions as we wrap up this episode. I just wanted to ask you a couple of thought-provoking questions. The first one is this. What are you secretly grieving right now? It's okay to keep it a secret. I mean, you don't have to pronounce it to anybody or to the world, but you can announce it to yourself. You know what? I am grieving this. And I would ask you, where are you at in the grieving journey? Maybe with something like a work environment, all five phases seem a little bit silly, but you know, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance... Where are you at in that process? So what are you secretly grieving? My second question to you is what pain are you currently experiencing emotionally that you're not talking about? 
that you're dismissing or not embracing for whatever reason. Again, I'm not saying you have to announce it to the world, but I think becoming aware is really important. So what are you secretly grieving? What's causing you pain right now? And then my last question for you to just kind of spend a moment thinking about is what can you get out of this season of life that you couldn't get if the pandemic had not brought us to a screeching halt? What are you learning about yourself? What are you discovering about your life that you would not be able to see had we not been in this moment right now? This is my encouragement for you guys. It's to embrace the life that you're currently living in this moment, to be honest about it, to throw away the stuff that you don't like and to you know celebrate the stuff that's working for you. Because this is our life, right? We're living it in this moment right now. There's no standard of perfection that you have to be measuring against of how to quarantine correctly, right? There's no, there's no standard of that. All right, friends, that's all I've got for you guys today. I mean, I'm praying for you. I hope you're praying for all of us in this great nation and in this amazing world that we live in because we all need it. Until next time, be blessed. So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wortman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed.